Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Kicking Cancer Podcast. My name is Brooke Brown. I'm Marcus. And we are so excited that you've joined us. You know, we want to walk with you through the season in our life where we walked through cancer. And, you know, that season really shaped us. It shaped our walk with the Lord. It shaped our family. And we want to just encourage you and equip you as you walk through different seasons in your life. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Thanks. We're going to have fun together. We Let's are. Go. We just want to encourage you. Things that we learned, our family learned, how we went through things. We kind of took notes uh, along the way, thought, you know, what will we do different? And so if you haven't uh, listened to episode one, go back and listen to that at some point. But today we're going to talk about, okay, when you get news, and it could not just be cancer. It could be like any big news in your life, any major thing going on, bankruptcy, divorce, anything that's like, this is... This is going to begin to alter life. How do you tell the people you love, and especially how do you tell your kids? Such a hard, hard thing, especially when you've not encountered anything like what you're encountering. Um, Kids can be so many different ages. Ours was our baby was five, and that would mean the boy was seven, and Ashlyn was 11 at this time. We had three kids and had not had anything remotely close to what we had to tell them no I mean like the <laughs> I mean like the biggest things that we'd we'd <laughs> talk to them about is you know starting a new grade and prepare for all those things and then we get this news and I'm like how are we going to tell them you know yeah I was thinking about this before we get into it you see big news in the Bible uh big stories big things happen all throughout the Bible where there was tragedy or pain or death or whatever that happened. And you see people getting it right and getting it wrong. And I'm going to tell you this, you're not going to ace it, right? Right. We're human, and we're not going to get it right every time, but we can learn from it. Yep. And yeah. you, you got thank God for his grace. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you haven't done this well, God's got grace for that, and then you can get some wisdom from this. You see at first Saul and Jonathan, they both died in battle. And uh, one of the servants ran, and he I guess he was thinking it was good news, you know, like, but he was just, like, like he had this news that he had to get off his chest, and he ends up just running straight to, to David to tell him this, this news that Saul has died, and Jonathan has died, and it just infuriates David, just yeah. the way the news that came to him, and the lack of honor the lack of a contrite heart, it just enrages David to get blindsided by this news. And you're just like, oh, that, that was a terrible way to say what had happened. Because these people, even though Saul was imperfect, Jonathan was a best friend, they were dear to his heart. Absolutely. You see it again with David and his son. Do you remember the story in the Bible? Yes. His, yeah. his son uh, gets sick and he's dying. And David begins to just really weep and mourn. And when his son dies, I mean, there's some really hope-filled scripture around this, but when his son died, I think it's interesting, the servants and everyone around David knew, but David didn't know. And they were afraid to give him the news. They they were like, and I think they were afraid that he might be suicidal with the news, but they were like, we we don't want to tell him. Then a few other times, you see uh, John the Baptist when he was beheaded, Jesus gets this news. It just is a punch in the gut. Uh, Lazarus, when he died, Jesus gets the news, and he's weeping. Yeah. 
you you see all the different reactions. See how people gave the news. Um, we have three kids, and they were eleven, seven, and five. Five at the time. Just started kindergarten. Do you remember? So what we decided to do was um, tell them all separately. Why don't you give a rundown of what you remember during that time? We had gotten the news. We knew we needed to tell our kids. Yeah. I mean, they if you have children, you know, they're so, so different. Raised in the same family, have this, they have the same parents, and ours are just night and day. And so our oldest, um, she we say she's what voltage? 220. 220 volts. She wakes up. She's life uh, embodied. She is the life of the party. And, uh, From day one. <laughs> So much energy. Oh, so much energy. And so we knew that telling her um, it was pretty important that we were one-on-one with her. Um, because she had, she's, she feels things very deeply. She's a sensitive child and she was created that way. And it's a great thing. Um, but we knew that telling her, uh, news of this magnitude would be, um, emotional for her, be, be challenging for her to, Mm. to endure. So yeah, we told her at the house just, and she, as we expected, it was very, very hard. She fell apart, yeah, and it was traumatic. Um, she had a lot of fears, just instantly, um, questions, and and we didn't have answers for all of her questions, but um, got to walk with her through that as best we could. I remember uh, her coming outside, and just it was it was devastating for her, yeah, and her personality, yeah, yeah. And then um, Austin ends up being about sixty volts. <laughs> and uh, he's the thinker. He was pretty you know. chill as a kid. Yeah. And so I decided, I, all right, I'm going to take him on a ride. And and uh, there are some kids that do better, I think, if when you have talks with them, if you walk with them. If you're if you're doing something else while you – so sometimes you can have heart-to-heart talks when you're walking around the block. I, I was like, we're going to get in the car and just take a drive and maybe we'll get an ice cream cone. And here, here he's seven. <laughs> and I remember telling him, hey – your, your mom has has gotten cancer. It's really interesting that all of them understood the word. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because they it's out there. Had, they've, mm-hmm. they've got friends Reference in school. Yeah, and it's a powerful word. Um, and so he said, he he looked and he said, are you sure it's not the flu? And I was like, it's not the flu, Austin. It's, mm-hmm. uh, and I was trying, and he's like, wait, listen, the, the flu is going around, and it could be that. So I just want to, and, and, uh, and I said, no, it is. It's cancer. And I'll never forget, at seven, he just said, um, we were going to get ice cream. But he looked, and he said, let's let's go home. He said, God's given Mama two men. And I, I didn't know he was counting himself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> God's given Mama two men. Let's go take care of her. And, uh, and I mean, he was just ready just to, to get in there. there and serve. And yeah. he, he did not want to be far from you. <laughs> then looking back to me, you know, do you remember talking to Ainsley? Do you remember that? It was a little trickier, I think, with Ainsley um, because she was so young. Uh, she had she was in kindergarten. She was just five. And um, I know we, I think I was explaining more of the physical changes she would see. Um, but she just didn't have as much knowledge, I think, as the other two. And we, she was the one that was probably closest, just she was a mama's girl. Um, yeah. When she was born, she didn't want uh, her dad. She didn't want her grandparents. <laughs> she wanted her mama. And yeah. I would carry her in, her in the sling. And we were like <laughs> peas and carrots everywhere we went. And so um, I knew that this year 
that we were about to walk through was going to be a real challenge for her just for the fact that I wouldn't be as accessible as I had been. It was harder for me to gauge how she was doing things. I think I can look back on it now, but like in it, I was, I didn't know. But I think she shut down in some areas. I think that. I don't know. But they all three processed it different. They were yes. all three. They're three different emotional beings, you know. Their mm-hmm. personalities are different. They're wired by God differently. But I would tell you the reason that it's important that you create the space to talk about this is because once you give people the news that there is a disease, there is a battle, there's something we're about to go through, then really for a lot, if you have kids for the first time, like real giants come to dinner and they have real giants to face in their life. And we talked about five of these, but the first one's going to be fear. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's fear on all levels for all people when you're given the news you automatically wonder how is this going to play out and so you're battling with your own fear as you um, have this diagnosis and then the treatment plan is laid out before you and you don't know what the ending looks like and then you're trying to kind of subdue that fear because you have little people in your life that you don't want to feed off of your you know to amplify their fear through yours Mm -hmm. and so it's a tricky tricky game and for anger (laughs) did you get angry did you go through that I don't know that I ever ever got mad I just had a lot of questions of why um because I feel like just it was confusing oh man because early on we had just you know we had dedicated our lives to the kingdom of God and just how can this be but you know what we live in a sinful fallen world and it if you don't have solid theology, you can look at your life like it's math. If I do this, do this, it'll equal this. And and so yeah. it forced us to really have a better perspective. And that's the one of, you know, when you walk through hard seasons and you wouldn't wish them on anyone, um, but there are gifts in it. Yeah, because one sure. of the gifts is it solidifies what you believe and what you know about God. And It's a and furnace. Yes, and, and it fuels that that um, desire to know him more because you need him. You need mm-hmm. him so much during those times. Um, so, Giants, you got fear that's yeah. coming to dinner. This is why you want to handle this well. Anger, anger. That, that one hit yeah. me immediately. I just stayed in that anger phase. I broke a few things. Cajun and, came out. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you know, when you're in the battle, weariness is coming. That's a whole different thing because everybody's beginning to take on different roles. They're shouldering more stuff. Yeah, yeah. The weariness of just the perseverance of walking through it and how long everything takes. But then those that are stepping up and doing roles that um, the person walking through treatment used to do, I mean, we had family coming in every weekend of the big treatments. They would cook. They would do laundry. They would help with the homework. They would put the kids down, and then your sister would come in on the weeks I didn't when I was kind of recovering and, and would take them to their sporting events or take them to the museum to try to get them out. And, yeah, it just it takes a lot of people, and it, and it's, it can create weariness. That word perseverance, uh, listen, if you're listening, I just want you to write that word down because – as Americans, we have created a very comfortable life, comfortable lifestyles. And when you go through something this big, uh, for many people, it's the first time you're going to empty the tank in your life. Yeah. That's what it was for us. And everybody's emptying the tank. Right. You know, everybody's walking through some, some hard things. I mean, you 
led in that, and then everybody was shouldering the thing. You're going to have grief. You know, one of them was loneliness. We didn't have that, but we saw that. Absolutely, we did, and it was heart-wrenching to watch. We would go into treatments at the center, and uh, I we always had a lot of people go with us. I look back and um, we would try to make it almost like a party when we would when we would go to the. We're center. a little dysfunctional. <laughs> Wherever we're, so, we are, that's where the party's at. That's right, <laughs> and so we would pack out the the waiting area, and and then they would call you back, and only one person could go back with you at that time, and and you'd get hooked up and and get your meds. But you know, <sighs> we'd look across the room, and there were those that were there by themselves. Yep. Uh, for various reasons, I know they maybe didn't have family nearby, and there were some people that just didn't tell their family. I couldn't believe that. Like I, I talked to several men during that time. It was, this was a common thing when you would go and do some of those treatments for three hours. Some of them were up to like eight hours, right. but we would see people on a lunch break come in, do chemo treatment, go back. They would have a port a- in them for you know. Um, to take chemo, and they had never told anybody. Right, they were walking through yeah. it for them, you know, by themselves, and I can't imagine that. Yeah. Um, I I can't imagine, but but they would, they would walk through it by themselves, and and so it can, it can create, it can create a loneliness of walking. Let me tell you a few things not to do. Number one, y'all make a list of this when you're getting ready to talk about it. Don't minimize what's going on. Yeah, because that is that. I think that's in my nature. Hey. This is not going to be a big deal. Like, if it's a big deal, you got to say it's a big deal. Right. It's just truth. Yeah. Because then people are going to think, you're deceiving me right now. Yeah. You've got to operate in truth. Um, the other thing, I think I could have done better at this, is just don't just hurry. Because I'm like, you can think, I just got to get through this. You've got to sit in that conversation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The head down, white knuckling, getting through is not always the best. Yeah. Way to walk through things. You got to allow people to process and and let it breathe. And it's okay to sit in it and allow yourself to sit in it. Be, because I've been a boss so long, I think like <laughs> <laughs> I treated it like emotionally like firing somebody. <laughs> I, do, I honestly did. I'm like, okay, I got to have this hard conversation. Can I do it in five minutes? You know, I'll just check it off. Yeah, blunt force done. trauma. All right, look, and I was just want to, <laughs> but you can't. You you've got to you've got to sit there for a while. This if you go back up to what what I said earlier with John the Baptist, Jesus gets the news and he sits with that news for a while. Mm. He goes to a quiet place and then he begins to talk about John the Baptist. He's like, "There's never been anybody greater born of." man or woman than John the Baptist, he, just his humility. He goes into an obituary about wow. his life, and he just, they didn't just, like, die and he move on. They lingered right in there. And I'm saying, don't minimize it, but then don't shorten the conversation. Don't hurry through it. Yeah. All right. This one was, this is what's hard. This next one. Do not make promises you can't keep. So, uh, this is in a lot of categories right here. You're going to want to tell people, hey, every day we're going to do this together. All right, because we're going through this season, every night we're going to get together and we're going to pray or we're going to watch a movie or uh, we're going to go to Disney World or we're going to, you know, we're going to go see this. Do not make promises. I think it can even be on the, the side of promising that you're going to get through it or you're going to conquer it. I mean, sometimes it's unknown, so you can't say... 
You know, yeah. this is what the ending is going to look like. You can't spell that out. You can say what you want. Right. But you can't. You can say, I want this to happen. I want. Uh, I'm going to do everything I, in my power. You can say what you're believing. Yeah. Right. We're going to believe God for. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I wanted to do was. I, but you can't be God right there. God's right. going to be God. You can't stand and, and, and talk for God right there. So you can't make promises. But I would tell you, like, because every every promise in a season like this that doesn't come to pass is a massive letdown to people. Yeah. If you promise that you're going to go on a vacation or you're going to do this trip or you're going to pray every night or you're going to blah, blah, blah. Whatever you promise has to come to pass, you know. Yeah. Um. So let's get into some things to do, okay? All right. You ready? I do want to say that you do want to make sure that you have those conversations, though, and don't. I know there was a time where we kind of kept things from children because we felt like that was the best avenue. Um, and so we didn't want to give them information or we would, we didn't want to place that hardship on them. They're going to notice things. They're going to be aware of things, even if they're left unspoken. So I feel like it's so important to include them. And I know it's age appropriateness, what you tell them, but on the front end of us letting our kids know, it was so important for us to include them in what was happening around them? Well, let me tell you why we did this is because uh, my mom had a sister who, when she was 10 or 11 years old, she was diagnosed with leukemia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that generation was incredibly private. Yeah. They, they, a lot of times, if they were going through something hard, they'd never tell the children. But they did not tell my mom for a long time. So mom was seeing people come to the house. She'd see a pastor come over. People would bring a meal. Uh, they would go out to get treatments, and she was just lost. Yeah. And so she's here she is, like a, a 12, 13 years old. She's got a younger sister that's going through something, and she didn't know what she was going through all the way up until she passed away. So hard. And that was, it was so hard for my mom to process all of that, even as an adult. So I remember being a kid, and my mom was still working through some serious grief over losing that sister, but but she just didn't have a point of reference. And you know what? Everybody, and I don't blame them, because every generation does the best with what they have. But when I, we look back on that, we're like, let's do better. Yeah. You know? Our generation tends to tell too much at times. So there is a happy medium yes. that, yeah, you've got to have those conversations. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. All right. So this is what you do. The first thing is choose the setting. Yeah. You get to choose that. When you're going to have that conversation, you go, what does it, where does this need to happen? You know? Uh, well, first of all, you need to turn off all the distractions because there needs to be attention there. Right. And who needs to be here, you know, for this? Um, you don't want 15 people in the room like you're making an announcement to mm-hmm. cousins and you know, neighbors and everybody at once. You need to go, and I would just ask God, God, help me with this. Absolutely. You know, because with us, we're like, we're, we could have done all three kids at the same time, but they were so different. We were like, we're going to tell them separately and then together. Yeah. But the whole, your your family is different than my family, and the Holy Spirit will help you with this. But there, you do need, when we say choose the setting, is this word. There needs to be some privacy. Yes. Um, that they go, this is a private pr- place so that they can uh, freely react. This even is in regard to telling your family, your parents. Yeah. You know, telling those that, are, um, that have watched you grow. It's really important how you have those conversations with them as well. Because we had to do that over the phone because we lived away from but it it was just really important 
that because the people getting the news need to be able to have an emotional release right there. And and if it's a public setting or you're at the mall or you're where they can't have a release, then then they're initially from the get go gonna learn I'm bottling some things right. up. You know, yeah. you want them to be able to be themselves unreservedly, you know. That's good. What's the second thing? Second thing is to disarm destructive words. You want to talk about that for a second? Words have power. Already, even at a young age, our kids knew what the C word was. They knew what cancer was. They had not really experienced it. We had never even talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah. Well, my mom had cancer. Your mom yeah, did. Yeah, that's right. Your mom did. She was, she was a state away, so they weren't, it wasn't like a daily in their face thing, but they were aware of the word and probably, that probably was their first real understanding. We've never really defined it to them. They just pick up on it. Right. And they do. They do. Um, it's, it's, it's out and they saw it. And so, um, I was going to begin treatments and of of course that's chemotherapy. And, uh, that also has a heavy connotation to it a weightiness to it and so us being who we are we are the brownies. first off when the doctor told you you were going to do uh, chemotherapy oh, how, did you have, uh, <laughs> how did you react you know I I am a rule abider and and I like to do what I'm told but I also just I was really sad that that was the first time I had met my doctor because I looked Probably very rebellious and defiant because I shook my head saying no I'm not going to do that I was like <laughs> <laughs> All the Texan in you came out. <laughs> oh, that was not a, yeah. Yeah, I, I let him know real quick, and he let me know that I was. So there we go. We had a standoff. There we go. And uh, he won. So as I would get ready to go to my treatments, um, instead of saying chemo, we renamed it. Yes. Because we like to do this sort of thing, and we named it Chemo. Chemo. Yeah, because Chemo has no heaviness to it. I mean... <laughs> It's not even a word. Chemo is a destructive word, but yeah. chemo. So we were going for chemo, and uh, it just made it made it sound better. And when you'd the, have that brain off. fog, we call it chemo brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> chemo brain is real. <laughs> kind of like mother brain when you first have kids. I don't know where we got this idea. This was just another just like inspiring part of the Holy Spirit is just um, Brooke did not know the side effects of the different types of chemo she'd be taking yeah. time to time. Yeah, I'm a so, researcher by nature. I like to know things. Exactly I like to know how things on. work. And I did not read. I did not look into. Because we were like, words it. have power. This they whole do. world began because God spoke something into existence. Yeah. You know, and he's still speaking today. And we were like, um, so when when you would have a treatment, instead of you figuring out the side effects, I would figure out the side effects because they'll tell you. Yeah, I actually, um, early on, I did have one person tell me, oh, on that third day, you know, you're going to feel really rough. I, I, you know, I bet you won't even get out of bed or she would just, and it never failed on the third day. Like I was at home laying low and uh, was really kind of confined to my room on that day. And I just wonder how much more I would have experienced if I had read and I had all the knowledge of what could I think our brains are so powerful. They we are don't understand. We just don't even understand it. Yeah. We're not even going to understand how how powerful that was till we get to heaven. But I know that you can hear something 
think on it, and then you can visualize it, and you can bring it to pass. That's right. And so there were so many side effects that you avoided through all of that time just with that because you never knew what the side effects would yeah, be. Yeah, I never missed a treatment day. I stayed on schedule the whole time, yep. had that powerful shot the next day for my bones and things, and never really had the pain and things associated. I, I do remember one time uh, we had gone for a big treatment, and I looked down at my hand, and there was like this line going across it and the the my fingers were like albino white yeah. and then the bottom of my hand was like really really dark and I looked at you and I said hey is this normal and you said yep and I said okay <laughs> <laughs> and we moved on but but there were so many times that you were supposed to be sick as a dog throwing up and a lot of the just top side effects things and, you just told me now yeah. I, di- I didn't even know some of the things yeah they would say all right prepare the bathroom she's going to be in it all night all day and never all that kind of up. stuff and and never went through so you just got to figure out how to disarm destructive words and just yeah. protect your spirit from negativity during during that time I would tell you this on this Around the house, we kept worship going, word right. going. We we drifted away from dramatic movies, yeah. anything intense. TV shows or yes. anything. We didn't, we were real watchful. For and what? that's how we did number three. Yeah. So write this one down. Refuse to let go of joy. Just refuse. Like, you, whatever it takes for you to keep joy during this time is such a precious thing. Keep your joy. I'm telling you. And joy is not... Uh, dependent on your circumstance and we learn that like never before it's not what's happening around you we think of happiness you know joy is different you can have joy in the midst of the toughest of times and we did yeah Yeah. you think about the book of philippians where paul writes on joy more than (laughs) it's been written on anywhere in the bible yeah and he was letting us know this This is not dependent on circumstance because he's writing it from a prison that's in a dungeon. <laughs> yeah. And he's from a dungeon telling you to rejoice. And it takes the verse. Again, I say rejoice. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it takes that verse of the joy, the Lord is my strength, that yeah. even in the midst of that, that joy inside you helps you walk through the toughest and darkest of times. But I do think it was a conscious decision. Oh, yeah. Like we have it. We're not going to let go of it. We're going to enjoy this life we have. We're not going to walk through here like something has been robbed. We're yeah. going to still laugh. We're still going to dance. Some of my favorite memories are actually from that year. Yeah. As ironic as that Even sounds. Even picking out wigs. <gasps> that was such a great day. It was so much. I tried to be blonde and strawberry, and he didn't go for the blonde. We were in, really where were we at? We were like somewhere in Houston, right? Yes, we went to the best. Yeah. Andre's or something. There's my... <laughs> Shameless plug for Andre's wigs. But, yeah, we, we I, I ended up getting Andre. one, and what did you name it? The date wig. The, no, the date night wig. Date night wig. That <laughs> one was mine. that one. <laughs> <laughs> I got two, and so on special evenings or, you know, fun times, I put on the date night wig. Yeah. We'd, we made it fun. We, yeah. we made it a fun year. Yeah. We'd have dance-offs and karaoke sessions in the waiting room at the center and yeah yeah joy you you can choose joy you can choose how much you're going to allow satan to rob you or not right there and you go <laughs> no yeah might, I, i'm giving up this i'm not giving up my joy though yeah you know? all right number four stand on the word of god so important you've got to bring the word into this conversation so you like you choose the setting you start choosing to disarm destructive words you start letting your family know we're going to have joy here. Yeah, we're not going to grieve through this whole thing. We're going to enjoy the life that God has given us. What a great but, lesson to teach them too. Oh God, you're getting 
they're they're battle ready for life. Yes. When they go through no matter what happens. Yes. Yeah. The toughness that they have. Oh my goodness. You know, teach them to stand on the word. And do you have the Bible that you went I through? I do. I still have the same. I love. It's my favorite, and I need to get. I need to get a cover re- redone. Does the whole cover come off now? It does. Okay. The whole it does, but I still love it. And yeah, I went. We were. Um, we were actually at the hospital waiting room. Um, I was awaiting getting a second opinion because I had told the doctor I didn't want to do what he had asked me to do. So I was getting my second opinion, and we went through, and we found all the miracles of the Bible, any scripture that had was about healing. and we Cover to cover. Yeah, we highlighted it in hot pink for breast cancer, and uh, I still refer to those today. Love them. you got to figure out what's going to be your foundation because yeah. right here, like, the foundation is going to be – a medical journal, it's going to be the report that the doctor gives you. What is your foundation? Is it going to be a foundation of shifting sand? Because this is all going to be shifting over the next whatever months or however long this battle is for you. Or is the foundation of your life going to be the Word of God? Are you going to stand on things that lift and strengthen your spirit? Yeah, we talk about the Word, how how powerful words are. Why wouldn't you want to stand on God's? <laughs> more than a conqueror yes. you know what i'm saying yes uh, uh, uh psalms eighteen twenty nine. by my god i can leap over a wall <laughs> so i mean there's good. just so many like when i have adversity i don't just run into it i'm going to leap over it right. i'm going to keep going if you don't do this right here open your bible and stand on the word your family is going to be full of victims for the rest of their life Wow. People that stand on the word are victors, and people that don't stand on the word during a time and a season that you're in right now become victims. And then their whole life, they're going to look at the world as being this: good things happen to some people, bad things happen to me. And you don't. And how do you combat victimization? You go, I'm standing on the word. It's good. Robert Kennedy said, "Some people say, why? I say, why not?" I mean, a lot of people during this time is going, why me? Yeah. Why us? Why, why, why? I go, you know what? Why not? Let's get into the word. Let's see what God's going to do. And number five, what is that? Number five is pray for and pray with. Yep. You got to pray. So when you're having this thing, you bring the word of God into it. I'm choosing the setting, disarming destructive words. I'm refusing to let go of my joy. Yeah. You know, we're standing on the word of God. We brought the Bible, his holy word into this. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to pray for whoever's in this battle. If it's mom or dad or one of the kids, we're praying for them. We're going to lay hands on them, and we're, and we're praying with them. And then we're it, praying for people that are around us. Yeah. You know, because we don't go through seasons just for ourselves, these difficulties just for ourselves. We actually turned it outward and began to pray for others that were at the centers and things, and it enabled us to walk through it. Yeah. With strength, I believe, because our, our focus got off of ourselves. And then there were others. a few things that you wrote down that I'd like you just to read over the people. Some of your thoughts this morning yeah. when you just had a quiet time with God. Those of you that are listening out there, if uh, I just want you just to, if you can, if you're not driving, just close your eyes and listen to some of this. You know, our lives were created by him and for him. So I had the opportunity to show the goodness of God the faithfulness of God in every season of my life, whether in blessing or times of hardship, whether in the desirable or the unimaginable, 
And when submitted under the Lordship of Jesus, my life can take on much more purpose and meaning than if I were just to live it for myself, just self-focused and self-preserving. My pain can be a megaphone to declare that God is good, He is unchanging, and He is present in times of trouble. God is as close as the mention of His name, and He is actively working and moving on my behalf even when it doesn't look like what I think it should, even when it doesn't feel good and when it's hard, God can use it all and he can receive glory through it, which is ultimately why we live and breathe in the first place is to give him glory. Wow. What a prayer and declaration that is right there. I was thinking about closing out in prayer, but I think that's it. In (laughs) Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a great week. We love you. We are so thankful you tuned in for today's episode. That's right. I felt like I nailed it. <laughs> hopefully, you really, hopefully you really learned something um, that's going to help you. And we just want to say thank you for being here with us. And we can't wait to share another chapter with you next yeah. time. Don't forget to like and subscribe to follow what's going on on this journey and share it with people that you know that need it. And also know that... This is just a supplement. This is not your relationship with Christ. Get involved in your local church. Find some people that can surround you because you need to be in a local church in the season you're in right now. That's right. Until next time, bye-bye.